All right, welcome to American This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kerr. Walter, how are you? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not well. And I'm, I've got a little story about that. Um, okay. I was, I was on the Greg Gutfeld show in New York City uh, Monday night and uh, performed wonderfully, I thought, uh, then jetted back here to Las Vegas. And last night, I got an email at a email address that's on my Twitter account so people can contact me. And it was from a dentist in Canada who said, I watched you on the Greg Gutfeld show and I looked at your lower left jaw, jaw and I think you have a fistula. And I said, what the hell? He said, yeah, I think you have an infection in your mouth that's draining to your lower left jaw and creating this bump that we call in dentistry a fistula. So not having any way to diagnose myself now, you know, and on a very busy schedule, I'm completely, my world is completely rocked by this dentist's TV diagnosis. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So until I can get to a dentist, Matt, I, I'm living in a kind of free floating anxiety. Uh, I, I, I can't think of a worse word than fistula. And I imagine that the condition itself. <laughs> it is a bad thing. Right. Yeah. If you, if you... And, the, and the idea that I've just been living with it, going on television, doing this podcast, you know, kissing my wife uh, without noticing something that apparently can be diagnosed from hundreds of miles from away. <laughs> yeah, from television. Yeah. It, and mm -hmm. I'm going on television again on Friday night on the Bill Maher show and or tonight uh, when people see this Friday night. And uh, I have no way to disguise this. So I guess I'll say to the makeup lady, can you minimize the fistula on my left jaw? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The joke has to go from there, though. You have to get a call from a different kind of specialist after that, right? It, it, you, right. Like, uh, Walter, hi, I'm a rheumatologist. I live in South America. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I, I think you're suffering from a rare autoimmune condition. I've decided, though, that this is the ultimate practical joke to play on people who are on television and are stupid enough to let their email be public. Um, just call in and say, you know, I, I'm not sure, but that twitch in your left eye is consistent with a, you know, rapidly spreading <laughs> brain tumor. Um, I think you got to make a command decision pretty soon not not to <laughs> not to accept those phone calls. Right. So we decided to do something a little different um, this week. There, <laughs> there was. Um, there is a thing in the news about a movie uh, that is like, what's the word? I guess you wouldn't, wouldn't really call it produced by the Obamas. Oh, yeah, they you would. Would you call it? Would, do they have producer credits in this movie? Uh, I didn't see the credits, but they have a production deal at Netflix. And it was reported that this is one of their, you know, one, one of their slate of movies. So uh, I don't think you can call them anything else but producers. Uh, they didn't write it. They didn't act in it. Um, I think they gave notes to the director. Uh, so just to set the stage, here, here's the Daily Beast article. Uh, 
from Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The Daily Beast, by the way, is it, it, it's it's becoming an interesting publication. It's sort of like it's sort of like a um, Fox News in reverse, but it's 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 like a a paranoid interpretation of Fox, which is pretty hard to do because you know Fox is anyway. Um, but a, a lot of what they do is they write about Fox News. So here, here's their mm-hmm. here's what they here's their take on this movie. Fox lose. Fox News loses its mind over Obama's, quote, anti-white Netflix film. Uh, subheadline, sowing racial divide. Every single host who ranted about the supposed anti-white bigotry of Leave the World Behind admitted to having not actually watched the movie, says Justin, Justin Barragona. Now, uh, then the text is 14 years after then Fox News star Glenn Beck made headlines by calling Barack Obama a racist who has a deep-seated hatred for white people. The right-wing network is still warning its viewers that the ex-president is trying to indoctrinate Americans with his, quote, anti-white racism. To prove its point this time around, the conservative cable giant is pointing to the post-apocalyptic film Leave the World Behind, which was produced by Obama's Higher Ground Productions and currently streaming on Netflix. Now, then it goes on and on. So this is a movie... It's a it's a, a Netflix adaptation, a film adaptation of a, a recent bestseller uh, from, mm-hmm. I guess, 2021 called Leave the World Behind by uh, uh, Ruman Alam, mm-hmm. uh, a book the Obamas apparently loved. And they got this thing produced and got a, uh, a star studded cast with like, well, OK, so th- so there's. Uh, Mahershala Ali uh, mm-hmm. of let's see, True Detective fame. Uh, what's the what the what's the other one that he was in with Viggo Mortensen, the the Green whatever? Um, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, good actor, very good actor. Um, Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts, and then almost as a, like a nod to. I guess their movie watching addiction. Kevin Bacon is in the movie um, and right. has kind of an important role. Uh, right. And then there are, are three people of indeterminate age who are supposedly kids. Um, and I don't know, Walter. I love that you said supposedly kids because um, young Hollywood actors, no matter how young, even if they're three, seem like very canny. Um, completely sophisticated uh, projects of, of ambitious parents who are pretending to be children. Um, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, remember uh, who, who framed Roger Rabbit and they had the, they had the uh, scene in the beginning with, with, with Roger and baby Huey or whatever it is. And they, they, they have a cut and baby Huey suddenly is speaking like, you know, uh, like he's 55 years old and needed, needs a stogie. Like that's how I feel right, about right, all right. actors, right? Yeah. Like, showbiz uh, kids. Yeah. Right. They're on screen pretending to be, you know, nine. And then you can imagine them going off camera and bickering over their contract, you know? Right. How old was, was Ralph Macchio was how old when he made Karate Kid? It was some ridiculous age. Like, so, so it's one of those things that like, you know, older than than what he was supposed to be, thirteen or whatever, or fourteen. I mean, it was it was it was. I feel like it was something like twenty nine or something like that, right, or, right, or thirty five. Right, right. um, I mean, he was like Brian Stelter age when he made that movie. 
Um, <laughs> but okay, so the setup here is Obama's make movie, um, and are deeply inv- and are involved in not only the production but you know they're giving notes to the director, and right. it's a story they really like. And the movie gets made, it goes out on Netflix, and it causes everybody to lose their minds. And Walter, we watched the movie. Uh, do you want to set it up? Do you want, do you want to give the frame of, of what this, this film is? There's a lot to say about this film, but uh, why don't you give the overview? If, uh... Well, I mean, as far as story goes, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. Ethan Hawke, uh, a media studies professor at NYU, perhaps. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what his... City uh, College. City College. City College. That's city very college, important. Right? right, you're right. It's, it's the sort of, it's the left-wing college. It's the, it's the you know... Um, but he's, he, he's also, he's struggling. He's not, he's, he, he's not at that class level. He's, he's Well, that, that, that's true. He's not at NYU. He, you know, he, he's at the college Columbia. of the people that, yeah, or Columbia. That's true. Um, personally, I have no uh, beef with the city college, uh, uh, you know, strata. I, I think it's wonderful to te- teach the people, but, you, but as part of this story, yeah, he's not quite, you know, I think they were making a point that he was not the guy in the tuxedo in the movie. But anyway, go ahead. Right, 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 right. So anyway, he and his wife, Julia Roberts, I'm not sure what she does. Does she do anything? Advertising. Um, Or she was in advertising. She she was in advertising or something. They decide uh, that life in the city is harsh or boring or anxious and they're going to get away. So they go off to uh, Long Island. To, to rent a place um, to leave the world behind with their two kids. And there's that, you know, obligatory scene where the kids are in the backseat of the car as they drive out to the vacation spot and the kids are oblivious and glum and spoiled playing on their devices and so on. Mom, and, I want more uh, screen time. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the parents have a terrible marriage. I mean, not terrible. There were worse marriages, but, She's kind of constantly exasperated with him. And it's like a TV commercial, you know, where, where she knows a little bit better than the hapless husband. Who, right. Um, you know, he, he, he's just very anxious and not, not competent in all kinds of basic ways. And um, it, It's a comic portrayal of a, you know, Dagwood and Blondie like, you know, relationship back when they called it that, where the man's kind of, you know, nervous and not, not good at stuff. Um, anyway, right. They get, they get out there and, and dude, I'm already forgetting because it's so vague. Uh, I'm not sure how, (laughs) 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 and, and, and I'm not, how do they meet Mahershala and his, uh, he just know. shows up, right? At the yeah, house, he just so so they yeah, get, they, we, we, There's there's a couple steps here. They get to the house. It's gorgeous. They right. they, they think about, oh my god, look at the high class uh, booze uh, they have right. here, but right. we can't touch. That's in the contract. Um, right. And they're you know, they're having a great time, and then suddenly there's a knock on the door, and and. 
sort of developments, developments in racial tension, like immediately. Um, right. The knock yeah, on the he's door. Black. He's black. Okay. So, uh, and and this this is where for me this the script started going like way off the rails really quickly. But um, but anyway, he shows up with his daughter. He, they give a long explanation that this sort of Mahershala Ali is standing there and he's he's just a uh, an absolutely perfect specimen in a tuxedo. Uh, right. Sort of exudes handsomeness and dignity and his similarly and perfect we- and wealth and wealth. He's a, he yeah, he, he he is decked out head to toe uh, his his similarly perfect looking daughter um is standing next to him and they start going into a dialogue about how they weren't sure whether to go in to knock in the front door or the side door because you know we didn't know if and then there's like a, an ellipsis where the unspoken um sort of implication that you might be scared if you saw a black person at the window uh mm-hmm. is is kind of left open and so we decided to knock instead and then they tell him that they're the owners of the house. And then there's like developments, developments. Will they let them in? Will they won't let them in? Uh, as you say, it's a terrible marriage. Um, Ethan Hawke is the indecisive, grappling, would-be well-meaning white guy. And mm-hmm. Julia Roberts is Karen. And she's immediately disapproving and, distru- and, and distrusting. And she's just radiating microaggressions in every direction. Every time she looks or speaks to either of uh, the, either the father or the daughter, and they're there, it's their house. Uh, he owns it, and mm-hmm. why did they come? Because the world has begun to go off the rails. There's been a cyber attack, a blackout, um, and you know, an oil tanker is just washed up in the beach right there near Sag Harbor or wherever this really is. Um, mm-hmm. and then things start going, then it starts to get really weird. Uh, how, I mean, I, I don't know. How, how, how would you characterize re- what happens re- next? Really weird. If you've never watched a movie, um, about, you know, the apocalypse, but not so weird if you have, I mean, animals start acting funny. Um, you know, there are things in the sky, uh, uh glitches with electronics um you know they mount and thus the movie becomes a bunch of people sitting around drinking wine inside a huge rented uh you know long island house trying to puzzle out what's happening you know and having their theories and so on while the tensions the alleged tensions in the relationship which I guess have to do with race supposedly at first um, kind of come to the surface and they have a series of encounter sessions, which pretty easily resolve all the tensions by the end of the movie. It, um, and, and you can't imagine they're that hard to resolve because um, Mahershala and his daughter and uh, the white couple are all solidly, you know, upper middle class in some way, despite, despite Ethan not pulling his, you know, potential income at City College. They, they're all the same class. They all have the same background. 
Um, there's a lot of uh, sort of except, except you, there's clear class envy. There's clear a there's there's a clear dose of envy in the well, Julia yeah. Roberts my my Herschel is a financier who makes tons of dough. Um, and, and even we find out is in contact with with kind of world moving oligarchs or something. Uh, an evil cabal. Uh, and you, yeah, ha ha. Because because when that's brought up, we're meant to ju- we're meant to laugh at the thought that there are any conspiracies in the world. Because the whole movie is this kind of troll to the conspiracy minded uh, viewer. Um, You know, it's constantly dropping hints about sort of dark forces. Uh, The girl wears a, I think it's her, I think it's her, wears wears an Obey t-shirt with an image that looks like a kind of evil Obama in it. And there are all these strange Easter eggs, you know, designed to make the QAnon viewer, uh, you know, sit up and start consulting his book of Masonic symbolism to see, <laughs> you know, it, 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 um, and, and, it, and that's all on purpose, you know, all that pulling the leg of, uh, of those people. Um, I mean, I don't want to skip ahead in the story, but, you know, one of its intellectual conclusions uh, is that no one is running the show, that there is no, you know, cabal in charge of our destiny, but it's all a kind of, the world's just this kind of accidental, um, power mad, turbulent shit show, um, that we can only survive by understanding each other or something and hanging out and except no, except there's gun. Well, and along the way, there's a lot of dumb sexual tension, like, the, the the teenage uh, Ethan and Julia's teenage boy is caught, you know, um, gawking at at at, at Mahershala's daughter as she wears a swimsuit, you know. So, um, so, let, let's just let's just clarify the the four main characters are Karen, sad white man, Barack Obama, right. and Malia. Right, 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 right. So the right, son exactly. is caught checking out Malia's ass and, 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 you know, she's hot in the movie. Right. Uh, right. And yeah, so there's, there's that moment, but, and then, and then Julia, uh, uh, sorry, Karen, who yeah. again says all the things that you never actually hear people say, um, right. but, but are like textbook Robin D'Angelo, uh, no, no's, you know, he, he, Barack mentions that he's on the board of the Philharmonic and and she goes off to talk to a sad white husband uh, in another room and says, the board of the, the Philharmonic, please, you know. Um, and then she's like, you know, Rose is right down the hall. What if he sneaks in? Uh, so she, she, it's she, preposterous. She's, 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 it's right? preposterous <laughs> that someone of Julia's class married to a professor living in you know, Manhattan or wherever, maybe they live in Brooklyn. I can't remember. Uh, Park Slope. They live in Park Slope. That's Park Slope. That's right. Uh, Would be such a fountain uh, of boo-boos and racial, you know, um, sort of, you know, 
racial awkwardness stereotypes like has she never heard npr once in her park slope life i mean uh i i don't she's a she's a totally um uh, a total postulate as a character um she just exists to get in those microaggressions so she can learn later right not only can she learn so she can learn to dance because when a white person (laughs) learns to dance I mean, really dance with a black guy to jazz in a big house late at night. Oh, my God. That's when the... the, Everything changes. People loosen up. They realize... Yeah, the ice melts down there. It's like... The ice melts, you know. (laughs) They didn't didn't play We Are Family um, or, or, you know, or something like that, which they would usually do in a scene like that. Um, but, uh, boy, did I see that scene coming from, the oh my God. Yeah. I, I was actually, we, we, we should have been texting. Cause that was, cause I was, I was thinking we should like, or, as, as soon as she, she has the whole like, blow up at the beginning about how I don't trust him and, and, you right. know, uh, he's like, you, you, you could, you could start taking bets right then and there about when the the uh you know she 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 falls for um him well you know because in in this kind of in this kind of movie which fox took way too seriously by the way i i mean uh because the idea that it's about hating white people or something or whatever is ridiculous i mean it is kind of about hating white people, but not from the perspective of race, just because they're they're stupid and annoying. Um, but uh, it, it, it's 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 a it's a, a port what a supposedly um, sort of positive self portrait of white people, uh, or but it, you know that's inadvertently or unintentionally horrifically negative. Um, but right, right. What they're focusing but, but, on is other line. Yeah, but but it's negative in the old Hollywood condescending way that has nothing to do with race. You know, um, they're they're just uh, you know they're neurotic and and they um, you know bitchy and spoiled and and they need their attitude adjusted just in general. And that's the movie. It's about an attitude adjustment. While the apocalypse is apparently going on outside, sort of juicing the the motives. I mean, if the world wasn't ending, you know, would they get so close and would they have these evenings dancing to jazz? You know, um, maybe not, because it's suggested that the need to understand each other is brought about by the dependency, uh, the interdependency caused by the fact the world is in. Yeah. So it's, it's the big chill, except there are no, there's no psychological revelation. There's no, there's no interesting dialogue. It's just a bunch of cliche exchanges between um, online caricatures that don't really exist. Um, And maybe Barack Obama, like that might actually be what Barack Obama is, is really like, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but Mahershala, it it does 
emerge unscathed from the entire movie. I mean, he 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 comes in confident, uh, well spoken, as Joe Biden might say, uh, 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 clean, and did, and did say of Obama, and uh, incredibly well dressed, with great taste in music and a killer house, and uh, he basically holds his own through the whole movie. Uh, he admits to a little. Mm, I don't know, heartache during the dancing scene when he and Julia almost kiss. Um, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. To, just have them kiss. Come on. Uh, you know, uh, were they afraid of, you know. Have them kiss. Uh, they, should, they should have gone off in the other room and, and torn it up, don't you think? That would have made yes, the movie at least I, a little interesting. But in a strange way, the movie stops there with a kind of 1950s, um, you know, modesty around, you know, the prospect of interracial romance. Uh, you know, just go for it. That would have gotten Fox News, you know, rolling maybe. Right. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, if I'm producing Bark like a, a dog, a right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where they should have gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unexplored possibilities. Uh, you know, and Ethan Hawke then should walk in on them and probably say, excuse me, he shouldn't have, he should have knocked. No, he, because he's that. He would have sat down and, right. and watched. Tried to understand. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. And me, well, thanked the dude, you know, said like, I haven't seen her this relaxed in years. <laughs> um because all she does is, is tell him how much of a pussy she, he, she thinks he is. You know, right, right. why are you so nonplussed about this? Like, you know, and, and he's constantly sort of cringing. He's, he's physically terrified of his of his wife. Um, so right. the, 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 there's no there's physical tension there, but no, no sexual tension between the married couple, right. um, which but, but, maybe but is realistic. Who knows? But they have strange moments where, like, Mahershala's daughter is sitting with Ethan Hawke, and then apropos of nothing, she says, have you ever fucked a student? Right. Well, what? that's – yeah, so so her role her role is to be – so she's uh, she's the Greta Thun, Thunberg. Is that, is that how you pronounce that person's name? Thunberg. Thunberg, yeah. whatever. She She's the know-it-all – I mean, she's older, but she's the she, – she's the – the know-it-all youth um, or young person who's got it all worked out and says blatantly inappropriate things all the time, but she has a right to because, like, it's her world and we're just living in it. Um, right. She just says, just her while while uh, Karen is constantly saying um, racially inappropriate things and they reflect poorly on her. The Ruth Ruth character, who is you know, is is saying all these things that are clear provocations, but we're supposed to congratulate her for um, for being so bold as to do it. So, for instance, there's a moment where she talks about uh, where she where she's asked what she does for a living. And she's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just getting my shit together. Um, you know, I don't want to rush into a career and then, you know, find myself stuck and then quit. And then, you know, then I'll, you know, wait around and then I'll be too, too old to reenter the work workforce. You know what I mean? Like she looks right at, at, at Julia Roberts, basically telling her like, you know what, you know what I mean by too old to reenter the workforce. And it's just like one thing like that after the other. Um, I, 
you know, she's saucy and precocious. Okay. You know, uh, if I'm writing the script, I would say Ruth, you know, what age saucy and precocious, um, (laughs) um, you know, Oh my God. There was was another precocious zoomer or whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's a scene where there's, where, where she and uh, uh, Julia Roberts are sitting by the pool and Julia Roberts says, um, are you going to go in or, or somebody says, are you going to go in? And, and Julia Roberts says, no. And then you and Ruth, uh, says, no, I'm not going to go in. And, uh, <laughs> and Julia Roberts says, why? Because of your hair. I mean, it's like straight out of, it's straight out of a Robin D'Angelo book, right? Dude, um, she sounds like here's here's Julia Roberts, supposedly from Park Slope, acting like some kind of grandma in a Flannery O'Connor story, uh, right? I, I mean, it, it, it's such a setup, and um, you know, uh, the other thing is that the, the the thing is the movie is uh, generationally overdetermined. Every character represents a generation, and 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 the kids to me who were thoroughly annoying, which is one of my problems with Hollywood. Movies. Utterly the charmless. Kid, kid, yep. Yeah, the kids are always annoying in these movies. You know, um, the, the, you know that they are on like a break from Beverly Hills High, and they have like a tutor off the set or something, and so I see I, I see their real lives shining through. You know, their job is always to sort of tweak the adults, and and they do that here. And we've forgotten about the young male character, uh, the son of Julia and Ethan, who is just some kind of hapless, hormonal, um, you know, awkward teenage boy, uh, easily dispensed with and, and barely present in the story. I mean, he doesn't solve any mysteries. He doesn't. He doesn't yeah, really I mean, have an arc. He, he, so the only moment where you connect with him is where he where he's staring at Malia's ass. It's it's the right. Judge Reinhold scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, except they don't even make it <laughs> more more interesting than that. Um, right, right, right. And then nothing ever happens. Like he, you know, he it should he have gone actually, into slow motion at that point. Right, it had gone into slow motion, and then a saw 